Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone. Here's my disclaimer. Any information discussed in this interview may not be the views of the, of the station or the host. Please consult your primary care physician for any extra consultations or information. Hi, everyone. This is Betsy Wurzel, your host of Chatting with Betsy on Passionate Roll Talk Radio, where our mantra is to educate, enlighten, and entertain. Folks, I know I have phenomenal guests on my show because I feel they all are today. Boy, do I have an extra phenomenal guest. Um, I saw Dr. Bergie Bright Ellington's little press release in the radio um, newsletter that I get, radio interview newsletter that I receive, and I said, I have got to interview this doctor. Why did I want to interview this doctor? Because she wrote a very, very important book that at some point everyone's going to have a debt because of being in a hospital, having tests done, and what are you going to do when you get your bill and you are like, what? I can't afford it. Maybe they misbilled um, me. Maybe they miscoded my uh, diagnosis, and that happens. So Dr. Bergie Bright-Ellington, she is an uh, internist. She is a physician, and she is a medical billing expert, patient advocate. She is host. She has her own show, which I definitely have to listen to, on Voice America Dot com, Ask the Doctor with Dr. Virgie, and she's an author, and she wrote the book, A Health System Insider's Three Steps to Protect Yourself from America's Number One Cause of Bankruptcy, What Your Doctor Wants You to Know to Crush Medical Debt. And I love the, I love the cover of the book because uh, it's very true about medical debt. It's like a ball and chain. So I want to welcome Dr. Bergie to Chatting with Betsy. Welcome. Oh my gosh, Betsy. Thank you so much for having me. I so I've been look I was looking forward to talking with you for weeks now. So thank you so much for inviting me to sit down and, and spend some time with you. Oh, you're welcome. My uh pleasure, believe me. And I really I, I just some people uh just jump out at me, like I gotta interview them. And you were one because I myself have experienced medical billing problems. Like I told you before the show, um, and I'll tell you when I open up the bill, 
I needed my inhaler <laughs> because I almost went into an asthma attack. Um, the price of hospitals, the price of tests are very expensive. And I would like for you to um, tell the audience, what made you write this book, Dr. Fergie? Oh, gosh. So that's a great question. I have to tell you, thank you for asking the question because it's really, really, it's my, it's my heart. It really was because I wanted what the U.S. healthcare system tried to do to me and I'm an expert, I thought, oh, my gosh, I don't want it to happen to anybody else. And I realized what was going on with the system, and I just said, this, this has to stop. It stops today. So basically, you know, Betsy, I've been a board-certified internal medicine physician for more years, and I'd like to admit I was a former, <laughs> I'm a former private large private health insurance company executive. And so I knew everything. I had a 360-degree view of the U.S. for-profit healthcare system in terms of from the provider side and the third-party payer side, meaning the insurance side, that kind of thing, or so I thought. It wasn't until I became a patient that I figured out, oh, my gosh, the system is really, frankly, taking advantage of the American public and the American public, not 99.99% of us not knowing our rights and having in terms of health care in this country and medical financial literacy, just basic medical financial literacy. I had been admitted to the hospital and my hospital roommate was talking about this was actually, she'd already been, by the time I got there, she had already been there for a few days, and she was talking about how she was really nervous and anxious about how she was going to pay for this visit because she had been in the hospital for that very same reason like about a year prior. And when she was there before, on her day of discharge, the doctor said she was safe to go home a, bell, a billing representative from the hospital, a representative from their patient accounts department, came into her room and said that before she could leave, she had to sign an agreement saying that she would pay whatever her insurance doesn't pay for that hospital stay. Wow. And that's, I swear, the curtain dropped. I saw red. I was I was enraged because I knew that she had been tricked, bullied, intimidated into agreeing to pay money that she doesn't owe, and that is definitely going to put her and her family into a lifetime of debt. Very modest income family. She wasn't working outside the home at that point because they had two very small toddler children. She and her and her spouse, and he worked. Her spouse worked at a 24-hour diner, so extremely modest income family. And I thought, holy crap, they just destroyed this family's future forever. And that's how Crush Medical Debt was born because I said, you know what, Virgie, don't get angry. No, don't get mad. Get to getting. Do something. And that's how Crush Medical Debt was born. Wow. I, I'm so glad you wrote this book 
um, because it's, it's so necessary. I know I was bullied. I was in the hospital in 09 for two weeks. My hospital bill, just the hospital bill itself, was 1800 out of pocket. I was um, threatened. I had offered to pay a monthly payment. I was threatened with going to collections, my credit being ruined. So I paid it all. And then I find out they should not have talked to me that way. I, you know, you can't pay. You might not have owed some or all of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in 09, I I didn't have a big mouth like I do now. (laughs) I learned. Um, But, you know, when, and, and I've heard, um, and I've watched you on prior um, other people's interviews, and I really loved what you had to say. You know, they could uh, make a mistake. The billing department can make a mistake with coding and how that, you know, affects payment, right? 80 to 90% of every bill that's generated from medical care in the United States have mistakes. And if you guess wow. that the they're not going to be in the favor of the patient, right? They're going to be in right. the favor of the provider and or the insurance company if you have insurance. So that's 80 to 90%. So eight to nine out of every 10 medical bills that you've gotten have mistakes. You over were overcharged and or overpaid them. And you, we typically don't notice because we're not taught how to pay a bill correctly. We're not taught the right way to pay a medical bill in the United States. And the other issue is is that you you think, okay, yeah, I, I owe this, and the curtain drops, and you just think, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And you scramble to pay it. And it's just because we don't have medical, basic medical financial literacy in the United States. And unfortunately, you know, I, was, I think we were talking about this before, Betsy, the United States is the only industrialized country where you have to have basic medical financial literacy. It's unfortunate, but that's the system that we have. So let's protect ourselves. Let's arm ourselves. Yes. And you know what? It's okay. I went to the audience. You know what? It's okay to call up your billing department, your doctor's billing department, and say, um, why is this this much? And was the right codes used and, um, you know, to, and or if you're in the hospital, to work out uh, a payment plan and not to be uh, bullied. I mean, who has $1,800 just to whip out? Um, And to, you know, keep a a paper trail. I also, (laughs) it's... (laughs) This is really, I've had more problems like I was telling you before in medical billing. This is crazy. I go, some of the doctors I go to belong to this big medical health care system here in New Jersey. And I know I paid this doctor because you have to pay before you see the doctor. So I know I had to pay it. And I had to prove it, so I proved that. What they did was they took money from one doctor's account and put it into another account. Me and the insurance person were so confused. I was like, what? So even that happens. Did you ever hear yeah. of that? <clears throat> that, is, that 
is actually not one of the most common ones that impact our usual care, meaning if the care that you receive was from two different providers in the same medical group, that is that can happen, and yeah, it can be confusing, definitely. Believe it or not, that's not one of the more common ones. So you were mentioned earlier that your lawyer said it's okay to call your provider's medical billing department. And Betsy, I have to tell you, that is the number one step. That's the first step, the most important step, actually, out of the three steps to crush medical debt. The three steps of the only right way to pay a medical bill is to call the provider's billing department. So what you do is you end up getting a bill in the mail, right? And you look at it and you have a panic attack. You look for your inhaler, you're like, holy crap, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, right? definitely. You get this bill and I call I don't call them I've been doing this work long enough and I stopped calling them bills, Betsy. I call them statements or sometimes I just call them wish lists from the provider because they're wishing <laughs> and hoping and praying that you'll fall for it. That the number that under usually in the upper right hand corner is saying patient responsibility or you owe this or patient responsibility, uh, responsibility due by such and such date. And the problem with that is, is that nine times out of ten, in my experience, these bills are not real bills. These invoices, these statements that you're sent are not real bills. Why? Why aren't they real, real bills? Is because they don't have what's called CPT codes in them. CPT codes, it's a long, the real, what CPT stands for is a long mouthful that I never bother to tell people what it means. And I know people have been in the insurance industry for years and they can't remember what it stands for. Mm-hmm. But, and I was talking to a radio host once and he said, you know what CPT should stand for? CPT code should stand for, it should stand for can't pay this. But anyway. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that. So CPT codes, the letter CPT should be at the top of the bill. A real, if it's a real bill and not just a statement, it has to have CPT codes at the top. And CPT codes are five digits. Now CPT codes are to medical services that are what barcodes are to products in a retail store. Every medical service that you can possibly think of having in the U.S., test, blood test, hospital visit, hospital stay, operation, surgery, anything you can think of. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. has its own unique CPT code, just like you go into a store And you're like, you know what, my favorite bottle of water is this particular brand, but I'm really thirsty today, so I'm going to grab 
a 16-ounce size, and I'm going to take it and put it under the scanner. And what comes up? Two things, a brief description of what the product is, and two, what that particular retailer is charging for it. Same thing with CPT codes. You're going to call that number under that, that fabricated number often, <laughs> the amount that they're asking to pay, and it says, questions about your bill, call here. That's what you're going to call. Step one, call and ask for a real bill. Call and ask for, I say, you know, I need something, quote, I need something with CPT codes, unquote. And often, frankly, you're going to get pushback. They're going to often they'll say something like, especially if you have insurance, they'll say something like, well, and I found, unfortunately, even if you don't have insurance, they'll say, well, you know, we don't have that information here. You're going to have to call your insurance department or go online in your insurance site and see if you can see your EOB. You know, use all these terms and just try to say, hey, we don't have that information here. So I say, well, yeah, I really need something with CPT codes as per HIPAA federal law. Now, when you use that term HIPAA federal law, providers don't want to catch a case, frankly, in violating the HIPAA federal law, which says that every American or every person who gets American health care sees it a provider in the United States has the right to everything that's generated and related to their care. So that every record, every medical note, every progress note, every bill, every bill that gets generated to sent to them and or sent to their insurance company or third party payer, you own that. And even if you don't, even if you have like a huge bill, it doesn't matter if you owe the money, they cannot withhold that from you. So that is what HIPAA federal law requires. So when you bring that up, often the tune will change and you just say, hey, I need you to send me, please, this is my mailing address. I need it by snail mail. Send it to me, please. Something with CPT codes. Then you're going to take that once you get a real bill and that has CPT codes on it, and don't be fooled by something that says codes. I've seen where someone <laughs> requested CPT codes, a real bill with CPT codes, and they were sent something that said service codes <laughs> on the top. And they said, yeah, we'll send you an itemized detailed bill. And it surely it said detail, and then next to it it said service codes across the top. And underneath it, a long list of like seven numbers or nine numbers or something. That is still not a real bill. It doesn't have CPT codes. So you're going to demand that you get CPT codes. And if you still get pushed back, you know, I tell people, look, you know what? I really need something with CPT codes as per HIPAA law. And if you can't provide that to me, I'm going to have to make a complaint against your department and the facility, your facility, for violating HIPAA federal law. Is, they don't want to hear that. Also, they don't want to hear that. And I always say, you know, who can you, who do you suggest I speak with? 
Or who do you suggest I speak to who would be able to help me? Now, what's important about how we ask, Betsy, is because I've learned doing this work that you don't ask closed-ended questions. Closed-ended questions are questions that can be answered with a yes or a no. You ask with open-ended questions, what, how, when, why. And that's because if you ask with a closed-ended question, can you give me someone, can you transfer me, to some, uh, transfer me to someone, can you tell me who I can speak with to help me or who can help me get a real bill with CPT codes, what you're asking them is to say no, just to get you off the phone, right? Right. But you're going to have to actively lie if they're going to get you off the phone if you say, who, can, who do you suggest that I speak with? because I have to file a complaint. And many, all facilities have some sort of something documented, a process to file complaints. So that's what they're gonna use. Who can you suggest, or who do you suggest, who can I speak to who would be able to help me get a bill with CPT codes? Or, okay, who can you, who do you suggest I speak with? Who do I speak with to file a complaint? There you go. So that's step one. Then step two, once you get a real bill and you say, okay, this one is real because it has CPT on the top somewhere, and then underneath a list of all of the services that I received, it looks familiar, and five digits under the list of CPT header. Okay, great. You're going to take step two, that bill, that real bill this time, and you're going to plug in each CPT code into Google. You're going to Google each CPT code. And what's going to come up is just like with the barcode in a product, any product, retail product, you're going to get a brief description of the service, of the product. In this case, the medical service is the product. And just make sure it sounds like the services that you received. For instance, if you went in and you had an emergency hysterectomy or something that you were, you're not billed for a myomectomy and a hysterectomy. Just make sure you're not being double billed. And it sounds reasonably like the services that you received. Okay. While you're Googling that, you're also going to Google the CPT code to find out what Medicare pays for that code, what Medicare pays for that service. Because Medicare, which is a federal government health insurance payer, federal health insurance program, that's what the retail, the basic retail price is, what is considered a fair retail price, what I consider a fair retail price for the services that's offered in the United States. So if the U.S., the federal U.S., government says, okay, this is what we're going to pay for that medical service, then that's the fair price. And people think, well, I don't have Medicare. Why would I think that I should be able to have that as a fair price and ask the provider to charge me just that price? Well, because it is a basic, it's the basic price. Anything other than that, like what they usually get from the private health insurance companies, are 300 to 500% more than what Medicare pays for the exact same service. Wow. So, fortunately, wow. It's, not un- 
be like up to a thousand or two thousand percent more. So the fair retail price, I call it, don't pay the MRSP, the retail, the manufacturer retail sticker price. No, you're not going to pay that. You're going to pay, you're looking to see what Medicare pays for that service. If it's good enough for the U.S. government, it's good enough for me. It's a basic retail rate price. Then you're going to take that information, that total amount, and you're going to go to step three, which is calling back the provider billing department. And you're going to say, you know what, that, uh, that emergency hernia surgery that I had that you sent me a $10,000 bill for, well, with my research, what I am able and willing to pay is $3,000. Because in your research, in step two, you Google, that's what totaled up. That's what Medicare pays for the services that you received. So you're going to say in step three, hey, I am willing and able to pay $3,000. That's a hypothetical example, just hypothetical numbers. I'm willing and able to pay $3,000 for this. Who can I speak with where I can set up an interest-free payment plan? And in your mind, you're going to make sure that the payment plan is a payment plan that is in your budget that you can afford. And why I talk about this, this is an important point, Betsy, that you have to think about what you're willing and able to pay. And, you know, often emergencies happen. We're in these situations because an emergency happens. We have an emergency, our appendix needs to be taken out. Uh, Emergency hernia repair, things happen, life happens. There's accidents, you know, we get injured, life happens. And we're not expecting it. And we're on a tight budget. We're doing the best we can. And so you may say, oh, my gosh, I can only squeeze out $100 a month max out of my budget. They're not going to, they, meaning the provider, they're not going to accept this. You know, only $100 a month for a $3,000 bill. I had one person say $50 a month, whatever it is, $50 a month for a $3,000 bill Yeah, you need to offer that and stick to it. Stick to your guns because, yes, you're going to get pushback. They're trained, meaning the front desk, the folks, uh, customer service reps in the billing departments and patient account departments, they're trained to to do this and ask for this and to push back and say, wow, $50 a month of $3,000? Now, even if we accept the $3,000 as the amount that we're willing to accept for the services we provided for you, that's going to take us forever to get our money. It'll take us years. And in your mind, you're thinking the same thing. You're like, oh, my goodness, this is going to take me. If I only have $50 a month, I can squeeze out of my budget to the $3,000. It's going to take me three, five, seven, ten 10 years to pay this off. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, and so what? Stick to it. And why would, and so you're thinking, well, why would a provider accept that? Why wouldn't they say, you know what, we're going to send you to collections. That's just not acceptable. $50 a month on $3,000 or $10,000 is not acceptable. Why do you need to stick to your guns until they accept it? Why would they accept it? Because you're being proactive. You're reaching out to them, number one, such that they don't have to chase you, number two, and more importantly, number three, think, oh my gosh, we're going to have to conceivably sell this 
to a debt collector for pennies on the dollar or get nothing at all. You know, Betsy, I have a lot of models. One of them is a little bit of something is better than all of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why you're going to do each. It's important to do each of the three steps to crush medical debt, the three steps of the only, the only right way to pay a medical bill and protect yourself from being in that number of America's number one cause of debt, stress, and bankruptcy. Wow, that is such great information, Dr. Fergie. I, Fergie, I, I can't even thank you uh, enough because it is um, so, you know, needed, the, the cost of medical care. Um, now, I told you before the interview, I'll tell the audience, I had a stress test done, nuclear stress test done, the two, be two years in January, and I have, uh, unfortunately, the so-called affordable health care plan. Well, I did need my inhaler when I saw that bill. <laughs> um, and uh, I had AKG and I had ultrasound done. And it was COVID. I wasn't working. And I called up the billing department. And I said, can you lower this? It was through the local hospital uh, where the doctors were connected to. And uh, they lowered it. And then I found out that you could even bargain with, with them to have them drop it. And I told them, I said, no, I'm out of work. I'm out of work. And I can't afford to pay this bill. But I don't, you know, qualify for the charity care. And she said, I'll check with my supervisor. And thankfully, they dropped the bill. So you can bargain. They don't think people will bargain with them. But you can. And so again, I, again yeah. they, they, they don't understand. Well, they do understand. And I say they, uh, the American public doesn't understand that 100% of every medical bill is negotiable. All medical bills are negotiable. And why? It's because they're made up numbers. They're made up numbers so that they come up with a number so that for their services so they can go to large insurance companies with millions of members so that means millions of potential patients, millions of potential customers, consumers. And the thing is, is that Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. The, in order to say, hey, yes, we want our patients to go on your panel to be on our list of providers, 
you're going to have to give us a discount. So in order to give them a discount, you have to come up with an artificial number to discount. So let's say, just to make the math easy, let's say that you provide a service as a physician, or let's just say as a hospital. I find these issues are really with the large hospitals and medical centers and systems, hospital systems. The, let's say the service they're providing, they charge $100, but they know that most insurance companies only pay $10 for that service. That's the kind of discounts. They're all made up numbers such that they can say we're giving the insurance company a huge discount. And in doing that, they're saying we're going to be in contract with you. We're going to find a contract with you such that even though we charge $100 for a particular service, we're going to accept $10 as payment in full from your company as a representative of your, the, the, because we want your members to have your insurance for our patients. You have so many people, panel, so many members as part of your insurance panel that we need those customers. We want them as our patients. So we're willing to discount $100 down to 10 Now, it sounds crazy, but the numbers, this is just an example, just to keep the math simple, but the numbers in terms of percentage of discount is not. It happens. This is routine. So that's why if you don't have insurance, you're not covered by an employer's insurance, you're not covered by the federal network insurance or what's called Obamacare, if you don't have anything, you can still negotiate 100% because the number that they're sending you is a made-up number. Negotiate, again, go through the three steps, and the three steps helps you negotiate. You don't really, you know, the American culture is not really into negotiating. <laughs> the thing is, with the three steps, you don't have to. It's built into the three steps. You're automatically negotiating. When you call them up and say, hey, this is what I'm willing to pay, boom, that's it. Because you did the research and you found out what a fair price is. You Googled it in step two, what a fair price is for the service that you received. That is really very beneficial uh, information. I don't know where I heard this. I don't know if I heard this from a physician on a talk show. I don't remember. But they even suggested, you could tell me if this is uh, correct information, even um, you know how we shop around for different prices for different products? Well, if you need a certain operation, to shop around doctors because they charge different prices and also hospitals. Absolutely. And, yes, if you have the luxury, if you're saying, okay, I know I'm going to need my knee replaced this upcoming, oh, my gosh. Yeah. When you have time, that's awesome. But what if it's an accident or an emergency? Right. What if then you, you can't. Exactly. And that's yeah. how many of us get into the situation. We are just minding our own business, doing the best we can and all of a sudden we get, you know, we're, we're humans, right? We're living creatures. <laughs> Accident, a lot right. happens. Accidents happen. We get injured. We get sick. We, don't, we can't plan for that. So in the cases where we cannot shop around, you have to know how you're going to deal with that bill that's coming at you, where they're going to, they, meaning the provider, the hospital system or medical care system, is going to try to take advantage of 
the fact that 99.9% of us are not medically financially literate. It's, it's unfortunate. In the United States, without medical financial literacy, we have no financial stability. You have no financial stability for you and yours and your family if you don't have basic medical financial literacy. That, that's true. And I'll tell you, folks, I mean, I was in the hospital in 09. So what's that? This is, a, what is it, 13 years ago? In 09, this is 2022. For two weeks, I could have went to Disney, okay? <laughs> it was $1,800. That's just the hospital bill I had. So imagine what it would be now. One hospital visit can put you into bankruptcy unless you had this information. This is valuable information that Dr. Fergie um, writes in her book and is giving out today. Uh, I highly recommend buying this book. Like after you hear the show, go to Amazon.com and order this book to have this information because you have, at some point you might need it. I mean, it's, it's really um, just a matter, I think it's a matter of when because we, you know, you never know what could happen that you could end up in the hospital. What happens if you're in the out-of-network hospital through no choice of your mm -hmm. own? So that's why the surprise, no surprise billing act went into effect on April, uh, April, January 1st, 2022, January 1st of this year to address that issue because there are, private equity corporations would essentially buy employers for physicians and they would hire physician groups of the type of physicians that you cannot choose in advance. So emergency room doctors, the doctors that read the x-rays when you go in and you think maybe you've fallen and you've broken your arm or broken a hip, those are radiologists. You don't get to pick them. The anesthesiologist, if you go into the emergency room and, oh, my gosh, they said you have to have surgery now, the anesthesiologist also is not in network with your insurance. So what they would do is hire all of these specialty physicians, and it was their business model to say, hey, we don't participate in any insurance. So that means we're out of network with everything so we can charge what ever we want. And that was a business model for years and years and years. And that was the term surprise billing. A surprise bill would happen. You go in and the, let's say you live next to a, you live near a hospital and you know that that hospital system is in network with your insurance if you have insurance and you have an emergency, you're like, no, take me that I know, take me here to this emergency room at this hospital because I know they take my insurance. I did the research ahead of time just, in, just for this case in case something happens. Yeah, your hospital takes your insurance, but the physicians that work for them that you have no control, no choice over choosing does not. That's and right. People would go into bankruptcy or lives destroyed because they would get these out-of-network, outrageous bills. And so yeah. that's why the No Surprise Billing Act came into play. If you have insurance, 
and the provider that gave you emergency care does not take your insurance, is not part of your insurance, they have to accept what your insurance pays their in-network providers. They cannot balance bill you. They cannot say, hey, we charge $100 for this and your insurance only pays 10 and we don't take insurance, so we want that other $90. No. In the past, yes, they could get away with that. And again, that was the business model of these big private equity corporations. But now as of January 1st, 2022, if First of all, they have to accept what your insurance pays or in-network provider. But let's say you're not happy with it. They're like, you know what? No, I'm not taking $10 for our usual $100 fee. They have to work it out with your insurance directly and leave you out as the patient. In the past, you were, you were on the hook. Now they have to work mm-hmm. it out between themselves and leave you out of it. Yeah, that's... When I was in the hospital, you know, and I had doctors coming in, I went, wait a minute, are you with my insurance? Yeah, <laughs> don't come exactly. in. What is your, <laughs> these days, they only admit you to the hospital if you're really, really sick. You're not conscious. You're not able to say, right. oh, wait, uh, don't, you know, what are you going to do, tattoo it on your chest? If I'm sick and in the hospital, do not touch me if you don't take my insurance. What? Yes. No. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I, yeah. I know. Oh. It, it's it. Yeah, it's, it, it could get really um, crazy. I mean, who carries an insurance book with them uh, exactly. to see, you know, who's in network, who's not in network? You could be unconscious. I have even seen, because I used to work as a nurse, Dr. Virgie, I used to even see doctors peek their head in, and they charge the patient, and they didn't even see them. They just peeked in. Exactly, yes. Um, and yeah. that's... Uh, you know, that's uh, not right. And we really have to be advocates for ourselves and our families. And yeah. um, I, I mean, definitely, uh, we have to speak up. Um, yeah. And I always encourage um, caregivers, especially, you know, speak up. If something's not right, speak up. It could be a medical bill, you know, um, physician's billing. Don't be afraid to call up your doctor's office and question it. Um, you have a, that right? No matter how small, thank you for bringing that up, Betsy. That's an important point. Every medical bill you get, no matter how small or how large, make sure it's a real bill, an accurate bill. And an accurate bill is one with CPT codes because that's where the mistakes are. Most often, that's where you're going to head off all of the mistakes at the past, and you'll get a real bill with accurate. I'm going to say this, that insurance companies would never, ever pay a bill, a claim, the a bill that's sent by the provider to the insurance company is called a claim. They would never pay a bill from a provider that doesn't have CPT codes. So why should you? Why should you? There's a reason why that providers send out CPT codes, uh, bills, real bills with CPT codes or claims to insurance companies and a completely different statement to the patient directly. Why? Because they know the patient will fall for it. They don't know that a real bill has CPT codes, period. Well, I know I'm going to be prepared the next time I get a bill, thanks to you, Dr. Bird. (laughs) Ergie, Ergie, I definitely I will be um, prepared. Um, 
because I mean, I'm, I'll be on Medicare in December and I have to pick out my supplement because, you know, you go to the hospital, I can't pay that 20%. I said, I'm going to get the supplement and I will be preparing for my next uh, bill when mm-hmm. I go because I want to go to the cardiologist next year when I do have my Medicare and my supplement uh, to get um, uh, checked because heart disease runs in my family. And I will be prepared, thanks to you, um, and the knowledge and the resources that you just gave in this interview is really um, a treasure. It's, it's priceless, what the information you just gave. I mean, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for uh, what you do platform, Betsy. You know, we were talking about this earlier next week, Tuesday, and we're recording this two, no, four days before November 1st, which is National Family Caregivers Month, National Caregivers right. Month. And, you know, you and or yours at some point are going to get a bill in your lifetime. It's just life. We, we're humans. We're, we're living creatures. Things happen. Life happens. We get sick. We get injured. Accidents happen. To it's just part of life. So yes, for every bill that you get, you and or your loved one get as a caregiver, please, please apply the three steps of the only right way to pay a medical bill to make sure you're not being overcharged. And what I tell people is, if you go to crushmedicaldebt.com. You can download a free checklist, a reminder checklist of the three steps of the only right way to pay a medical bill. And again, that's for free just because I want every person that living in the United States, every person has to interact with the United States medical care system to have this information, to be armed with this information for you and yours. Oh, thank you, uh, Dr. Burgi, for coming on and uh, writing your book and speaking up about this so that the American public will know. And, you know, this is what my show is about. This is why I have chatting with Betsy is to provide people with resources to make their lives better, make their lives easier. Had I had known, I, I wish I knew you back in 2009. Um, I wish this information was out there because I got suckered into paying $1,800 because I was afraid of getting my credit ruined. And this is why it's important. And that's what they, they count on that. They count on scaring you. Yeah. Saying, hey, we're going to the debt. <clears throat> and you have no idea that that's not, you don't owe that anyway. The amount that you may not owe not any of it. You may only a part, only a part of it, a portion of it. Sometimes you don't owe any of it. So the story I like to tell, you remember, I, I don't know if we were talking about this at the, at the beginning of our conversation, that I had gone into the hospital and crushed medical debt was born because I became outraged when I realized that the provider had taken advantage of my hospital roommate, it tricked my hospital roommate into paying a bill or agreeing to pay what sounds like a balance bill. A balance bill is... I described it a little bit. We were talking about it. When you're in-network provider, in-network means that with your insurance company, the provider came to them and said, we will contract with you. If you give us your, include us in the list of your members, we will give you a huge discount. We charge $100 for this. You pay $10 and sure, 
will accept it as payment in full. That is what happens when you're in network, your provider, the, the provider is in network. The provider has signed a contract, agreed to take what the insurance company pays for their services, not, not including co-pays, not including deductible, the annual deductible. And if you have no right. insurance, insurance, that doesn't, after that, anything else has to be totally pay, covered by the, whatever the insurance company says we pay for that service. So that's the contract that they sign when they say, okay, we're going to be on your panel insurance company, national insurance company. Okay. So the, <laughs> the, the issue is, is that very, very, very frequently providers will say, okay, yeah, we're in network with this insurance, and they get their $10 from the insurance company for the service they provided to you, but they come after you and they send you a bill for the remaining $90 anyway. That is balanced billing. That is breach of contract. And the thing right. is because providers know that 99.99% of the American public doesn't know this, they can get away with it because the insurance company doesn't know that their members are being balanced billed. So the insurance companies, you know, they don't know. You know, it's no yeah, skin it's off their nose. Yeah. It's not much coming out of their pocket. It's coming out of the patient's pocket. And patients yeah. don't know that the deals, the balanced billing. So the, the story that I told at the beginning of our conversation, my hospital roommate essentially was told, signed an agreement saying, yes, I will pay you whatever my insurance doesn't pay, uh, the difference between what my insurance pays and what you charge, I'll, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll agree to pay the difference. Uh, no, you just agreed to, to balance billing. No. So fast forward, this very same hospital, uh, I would say about almost six months after I had gone there for an emergency surgery, and <laughs> I get a statement. Remember, I don't call them bills anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> CBT codes across the top is not a bill. I don't call it a bill. I call it a statement if it doesn't have, they're asking me for money. They say in the upper right-hand corner, hey, patient responsibility, la, 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 and there's no CPT codes at the top. No, that's not a real bill. It's a statement. Or what I call, again, a wish list. They're hoping and wishing and praying I'll fall for it, right? So I right. get a bill, uh, a statement from them, and <laughs> – in the upper right-hand corner, it said something like basically $89,000, something like rounding it up to it was basically $90,000. Wow. Oh yeah. My. It was a three-day stay in the hospital, emergency surgery, rolling into the ER, had surgery at midnight, got out, didn't spend any time in the ICU, thank goodness. Oh, this is not ICU stays. This is just three days hospital surgery and post-op care. And the regular surgery. Holy moly. Wow. Yeah, not even, not even ICU numbers. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I looked down at the rest of the bill. Of course, there's no CPT code at the top. And it had three lines that see. The first line was OR services, $361,000. The second line, <laughs> you know, I laugh so I don't cry. It's just, I, 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 it's just outrageous, right? The second line said something like pathology services 
and then it had a CPT code next to it. You know, what, you know, start with the eight number. Usually, CPT codes are found with eight that start with eight. Remember, they're five digit codes. They're five digits. Start with an eight. They're usually they're usually lab tests. So in this case, it said pathology. So what it meant was any the surgery that they did. They took some tissue. They sent it to which is what happens anytime surgery uh, and then surgery if tissue has to be removed, it gets sent to pathologist to make sure there's no cancerous tissue hiding there, something weird hiding there. And next to that, it said $44. <laughs> it still cracks me up. The third line said patient adjustment. No, I'm sorry. Insurance adjustment slash patient payment. $251,000. And then the last line was you know, basically $90,000. And they said patient responsibility. <laughs> and that was the same number that they put in the top upper right-hand corner saying this is what I owe, patient owes. And underneath it is always questions about your bill, call this number, right? So I look at this bill, Betsy, or again, statement, I knew it wasn't a real bill, and I'm cracking up, right? I realize that they are trying to balance bill me for $90,000 because I am in network with this hospital system, this provider. I knew I was in network with them. So whatever my patient, my insurance rather paid them, that's it. I don't owe them anything else. I don't owe them $90,000. But again, this is a wish list. They're wishing and hoping and praying that I'll fall for it, right? But they don't realize, you know, they were talking to the author of what your doctor wants you to know to crush medical debt, right? <laughs> that's, you know, I, I have a lot of mottos, and one of them is I laugh so I don't cry, and I was cracking up. And I had to get it off my chest. So I called my best friend. It's a weekday in the middle of the day, and I called my best friend. And I told her the story. I said, you know what, you're, you're going to have to listen to this. And I told her the story, and I said, I don't owe this. They're trying to trick me into balance, paying a balanced bill. And I'm just cracking up. And she says, you know what, Virgie, you're the only person that I know who's laughing when everyone else would be crying. <laughs> and I said, yeah, you know, I have to get this information out to people. So this, uh-huh. was the same, this was the same provider, the same hospital system that tricked my hospital roommate and tried to trick me also into paying a balance bill, which is nothing. I owe, I owe none of it. Yeah, I've, I've encountered that problem when I had a hysterectomy and they tried to balance bill me and I said, you can't do that. This is well, what the insurance you. paid you. That's your contract with them. Oh, well, that's that, not that, enough. I said, well, take it up with them. <laughs> that, exactly. Oh, my God. You know? That is it. You said it. You did it. And that's you know, what we're trying to teach people with crush medical debt. You know, we talk about balance billing. We try to educate the American public about balance billing, that if you have insurance and they're in network, the provider, the medical system is in network with your insurance, not including your copay, your deductible, or I should say your copay and your coinsurance, and if you met your deductible for that year, for the year at that point, 
anything other than that, after what your insurance pays, is balanced billing and you don't owe it. It's breach of contract, especially if they're in network with your provide with your insurance. That's right, and then they should be re- reported, which is what I did. I oh reported my gosh, that's awesome! So this <laughs> hospital, I wasn't, I was thinking about reporting them, and I was telling a friend of mine who's in the business, the insurance <clears throat> business knows it well. She said that particular hospital system has already um, been. I don't know if it was on the state level or the federal level. I think it was the feds actually for their billing practices. It had been a case had been brought against them. I don't know. Again, I shouldn't say, I don't remember if it was, she said it was state or federal for essentially doing things like this, balanced billing, that type of thing, taking advantage of patients and charging them for things that they don't owe. Wow. Yes. And, and that happens. Dr. Fergie, I, so enjoyed talking to you. I could talk to you for hours about this. Um, thank you for writing your book. Thank you for being an advocate and uh, being a physician and, and helping others. How can people with you um, if they wanted to connect with you? Sure. So again, you can go to crushmedicaldebt.com and go and find, download the three steps of the only right way, the only one right way. There's only one right way to pay a medical bill. Please, if you do nothing else, just if you're not sure you can memorize it, download it for free. I just want you to have that. If you want to reach out to me, you can also find me at Virgie at crushmedicaldebt.com. Thank you. Um, I loved having you on the show. You are awesome. You are beyond awesome, (laughs) Uh, uh, for sure. And so thank you so much for coming on and sharing your your wisdom, just such great nuggets of wisdom. And uh, folks, please read the blog because the information for Dr. Bernie will be in the blog. And I want to thank Jeannie White, the station manager, produces the show and writes the blog. And I want to thank Lillian Caldwell, the CEO. Pastoral Talk Radio makes this all possible. Thank you, the listeners. Please tell your friends about this show. Um, I want to help people. This show today is very helpful. Everyone needs to hear this. And when you share information you're helping other people and that's helping me carrying on my mission and helping me to honor my husband that's a memory and i really appreciate it and it's free to subscribe to chatting with betsy on spreaker iheart amazon music you could hear my show on pastureworldtalkradio.com you can also look at my host page there and you can leave comment and i just want to thank everyone for listening and as um Dr. Bergie said, next month is National Family Caregivers Month. If you know a caregiver, please reach out to them. It's not hard. Send a text. Hi, how are you? Drop over a casserole dish. Throw in a gift card if you can. They have children. Please find it in your heart to do something special for them. And it's rough being a caregiver, folks. I know. I was a caregiver many times. And just a little kindness helps a caregiver. Trust me, it does. Even a a text to say, how you doing? 
I'm here for you is really very uh, touching for a caregiver and, and helps us get through a tough time. And as I always say at the end of my show, in a world where you can be anything, to please be kind, shine your light bright, because it would be a much better world if we were kind and shined our light. And that's what I believe. Until we chat again, take care, be safe. This is Betsy Wurzel, your host of Chatting with Betsy on Passionate World Talk Radio. Bye-bye now.